When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you think of self-care, what types of ideas or activities come into your mind? I'm sure that your answer will vary somewhat depending on the circumstances you grew up in, the country that you live in, probably a lot of other variables that I can't think of off the top of my head. But I'm betting that for many, probably even most of you, you pictured either some type of luxurious experience like a vacation or a spa day or a massage. Maybe you pictured some type of entertainment experience like going to the movies or relaxing on the couch and watching sports. Or maybe you pictured a product. Maybe you pictured going to the mall or getting on Amazon and buying some really nice things for yourself. These are some examples of behaviors that we label as self-care. I do not consider any of those things to be self-care. And I think all of them highlight one of the biggest problems I have with the term self-care. It has become a product. It has become commercialized. We have been told that these things are self-care. And we have been told and led to believe that these are things we need to have balance and to feel happy by the people who make, sell, and provide those things. Self-care is a real thing. And I chose somewhat of a provocative title on purpose to be completely upfront with you guys. But what we call self-care, at least here in America, is not self-care. And the really ironic thing is that in the pursuit of these things we label as self-care, we often neglect the actual fundamental elements of our self-care to try to get these things that we're told we need. So let's start here. Have you ever been a caretaker of someone else before? Have you ever been in a caretaking role? If you're a parent, you have, right? If you've ever taken care of like an infant or a young child, you've been a caretaker because people of that age cannot do anything for themselves. If you've ever taken care of an elderly person, a disabled person, a very chronically ill person, then you have been a caretaker. Most of us have probably been a caretaker at some point in our lives for someone or another. So think of this. When you were a caretaker of someone else, what were your responsibilities? What did that role and title entail? It entailed mostly making sure their basic health, safety, physiological, and to some degree relational needs were met, right? It means you make sure that this person is physically comfortable, that they have what they need as far as nutrition, water, that they're in a safe place, that they're healthy or as healthy as they can be under the circumstances, that they're not left alone for too long. These are the foundational elements of being a caretaker, right? Now, something that we talk about a lot on here, it's a fundamental truth that we're going to go back to again and again and again, because it is crucial that you understand this, is that the rules of the relationship you have with yourself are no different than the rules of the relationships you have with other people. And that includes caretaking relationships. Even if you don't fit into any of the categories that I just said, even if you're not child or an elderly person or disabled or chronically ill, you are a caretaker of at least one person. You are your own caretaker because you are the one who is in charge of making sure you have all the things that I just said, for the most part. Like 
the vast majority of people watching or listening to this, you manage your sleep schedule, you manage your nutrition, you manage your environment, you are your own caretaker. And your responsibilities as the caretaker of yourself are not fundamentally different than they would be if you were or have been a caretaker for someone else. So to dig a little bit deeper into this, I'm going to introduce you to something called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, or possibly review it with you, as this is a pretty well-known concept and you may have heard about it before. Abraham Maslow was a really well-known psychologist, probably one of the top 10 most famous psychologists in history. He pioneered a lot of ideas, but one of the things he's most well-known for is his hierarchy of needs, which basically just looks like a pyramid with five sections on it. And his rationale for describing this hierarchy of needs was that we have needs that occur in tiers, essentially, or I guess I could have just said hierarchies because that's literally the title of the thing, but that we can really only focus on the lowest unmet need uh, at one time and that the overall quality of our life will not be able to rise above the lowest unmet need. And so the very most foundational level, the bottom level of this pyramid, this triangle, is your immediate physiological safety. And so that includes like, do I have access to food? Do I have access to water? Do I have shelter? It's the really like, you know, if I don't have this, my life would be in danger within, you know, a few days type stuff. Okay, so that's the bottom level. The next level up is your more long-term health and safety needs. So that's like your physical health, your mental health, um, your financial security, your clothing, things like that. Still pretty physiological and fundamental, but things that if you don't have them, they're not going to be an immediate threat to your continued existence, but they could become that if they're not well taken care of. The third layer is relationship and belonging. And so that's our need to feel connected to other people, to have safe, happy, healthy relationships with other people, whether that's friends, family, romantic relationships, that could even include relationships with coworkers and things like that. But all of us to some degree need connection to other people. Some of us are very introverted and need only a small amount of that connection and too much becomes overwhelming. Some of us are very extroverted and need a lot of people time and feel very lonely and very isolated and very unhappy if we don't have that. So the ratios can vary massively from one person to the next, but we all need some amount of it. The fourth layer is what's called esteem needs. And so that's basically our need to feel competent, useful, skilled at things, um, kind of starting to get a sense of like, you know, what am I good at? What do I like? What do I not like? How do I fit into the world? Um, how do I bring value to my relationships? What do I offer to other people? Um, so that includes like your skills, your hobbies, your interests, your passions, um, being respected by other people, uh, developing confidence in your abilities, things like that. And the fifth, the top level of this pyramid is what he calls self-actualization. So that gets into things like we have the ability to creatively express ourselves in one platform or another. Um, what is our morality? You know, what's our viewpoint on the world? It might be sense of purpose. It may include religion or spirituality. It's kind of that top line. Now, so what you might notice is that a lot of the things, going back to the very beginning of this video, that you may have thought of when you thought about self-care aren't actually in this pyramid at all. And what that means is those things aren't actually needs. Those things probably fall more under the category of wants or desires. Maslow did not include this in his model, 
This model was specifically only meant to delineate human needs. But I think if we tried to find a place for those activities in something like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, they would probably go on the very top. They would probably represent a sixth level, sort of separate from the other five. The reason I ran through all this with you is my definition of self-care would be addressing the lowest level, meaning most fundamental level, unmet need that you have. If you are addressing a higher level need or perhaps a want, while a lower level need remains unmet, I would recall that self-neglect because that's what you'd call it if you did it to someone else. Again, going back to this metaphor of you're in a caretaker role for another human being. If someone is exhausted and hasn't, and hasn't had an opportunity to sleep and you, instead of helping them get sleep, take them on a vacation or take them to a spa day, that's neglectful because you're trying to do this nice thing for them, but in the process of doing, and I know that's a ridiculous metaphor for another person, but that's the thing. It sounds ridiculous when you think about doing that for someone else, right? But when we buy into commercialized versions of self-care, those are the things we aim for. Those are the types of things we're calibrated for in our lives. And we often do some pretty intense things to get them. Like, tell me this doesn't sound ridiculous. Someone really, really needs a vacation but they're in a financial crunch. And they're like, I just, I need, I need to get away. I need to clear my mind, but I've got all these other bills. And so in order to afford this vacation, I'm going to pick up some overtime hours for the next month so that me and maybe I have a family so that we can all get out of here for a while because we all need it. But in the process of picking up this overtime, your amount of sleep per night goes down. The amount of time you actually spend socializing with other people goes down. Maybe you're having a harder time sticking to a meal plan because you're working more. And sometimes we don't have time or we just get too busy and forget to eat when we're at work. And so we're trying to meet this higher level desire. And in order to move closer to this higher level desire, we are neglecting more fundamental and more essential needs. That's self-neglect. Your, your, your heart's in the right place. So I don't mean to come off harsh here but you're actually not taking good care of yourself at all when you let the lower level stuff go to pursue the higher level stuff. Now, that doesn't mean I don't think you should be allowed to have nice things in your life. And certainly we all need breaks from time to time. So don't hear this as being too black and white or too rigid. It's certainly not intended to come off that way. I legitimately believe this is a big picture cultural problem that we have because the, and when I say cultural, you know, I'm referring to my culture, United States and specifically the Midwest. Although I, I don't know that this differs that much, at least in this country. I think we're very focused on trying to meet these high level needs. And I, and I, I don't think it's because we're stupid. I think it's because it might sound intense, but I think we're all a little brainwashed. I mean, like, I remember in grad school and, and in internships, you know, working with mental health professionals, learning from professors that they would talk about work-life balance, but, but they would often describe it as like trading off time for watching TV, watching movies, playing video games, stuff like this. And it's, those aren't needs, they're, they're wants, they're desires. And 
If you've met all your needs, then yeah, move on to the wants. That's the next stage in the hierarchy. Again, I'm not saying your wants don't matter. They do matter. And I hope that we all, at least at times, find ourselves in situations where all our fundamental basic needs are met and where we have the luxury of moving on to the wants and worrying about that higher level quality of life stuff. But I see so many people live in an inverted pyramid where their life is structured around essentially the pleasurable parts of their life, where, where they try to figure out how can I do all this stuff around like, I, I, no matter what example I choose, it's going to feel like I'm picking on somebody. So I'm just going to go for one. And if this is you, I'm not trying to single you out. But something that it, instantly the example that comes to mind for me is people who are really into sports fandom. And, and I have been someone who followed certain teams. So this is not me like being some ignorant jerk who thinks like sports is for losers. It's, it's not that. There's nothing wrong with being a sports fan. But if your life is structured around being a sports fan to the point where you don't neglect, where you don't meet your basic physiological needs, unless they are convenient for you with regard to the schedule of the team you're trying to follow, or if you are like neglecting time with loved ones or family to focus on sports, you are, in my opinion, committing an act of self-neglect. If you did that to another person, that would not be looked upon well, right? I think, again, I know it's, it might sound ridiculous, but really think about it. Like if you were a caretaker for someone and rather than making sure that they were safe and physically comfortable and getting enough sleep and eating well and staying connected with people, if you're like, today we're going to the Vikings game. It's not caretaking. That's just doing what's pleasurable and doing what's fun. It doesn't make sense to do that when your basic physiological needs are not met. So I, I want anyone listening to this who does not hate me now, because I, I, I feel like this is going to be perceived as adversarial and it's not my goal. It is not you I'm coming after. It's the people, corporations really, who have sold us on this idea that self-care means consuming products, consuming luxury goods and spending money on the things that they offer. It's not, we don't need any of that crap. It's fun. It's a little bonus in life. You don't need any of it. What you need is to take care of yourself. You need sleep well, you need rest, you need to have good nutrition, you need to get your physical activity in, you need to be connected to people that matter to you, you need to build your skills on things that matter to you, and you need opportunities to do what matters to you like morally or like purpose-wise in life. Your purpose in life is not to follow a sports team. Your purpose in life is not to get connected to a video game series. Your purpose in life is not to become a super fan of a TV series with fictional characters. If you can incorporate those things into your life as a fun little bonus, think of those things as like dessert. Like that's a, I just came up with this on the fly. So it's it, it might not be ready to come out of the oven yet, but there's nothing wrong with dessert. It is good for a person to enjoy a dessert every now and then right? Absolutely. It's great. It's good for your quality of life, but you should not consume primarily dessert. You should not rush through every meal to try to get to the dessert at the end of it. You're going to end up with some problems if you live your life that way. So if this lands for you, if this is resonating for you, I want you to consider whether your pyramid is inverted, whether you are prioritizing 
wants, fun bonuses in life, the desserts of life, are you putting those at the foundation? Are you meeting those desires first and stacking everything else on top of it when it's convenient for you based around those desires? Or are you living in a way where you are 100% certain? I shouldn't say that. Don't be perfectionistic. Don't be black and white. But where your fundamental human needs that we all have are consistently in a pretty good place. If they are not, you are not going to be able to solve the dissatisfaction and the lack of emotional health and stability and consistency that comes with living that way by doing a bunch of fun stuff. You're not going to be able to do it. What that's going to do is it's going to distract you for a while. It's going to get you out of your head and your body for a while. And then at some point, you're going to be forced back into them again because the event ends and the thing is over. And now you're still you, the same you that you were before you did the thing. If you want to change what it feels like to be you, if you want to make every second of every day better for you in a way that works today, tomorrow, next week, next month, and potentially for the rest of your life, focus on the pyramid. Focus on those five sections that actually represent your needs and do not neglect your needs in pursuit of wants. And if you do, please, please, please don't call it self-care because you're lying to yourself. That's not self-care. Self-care is meeting your needs in hierarchical order. And if you're doing anything other than that, you are neglecting yourself and you deserve better. That, that's what this is all about at the end of the day. This is not a shame on you. This is not a how could you. This is a you deserve better than what you have been giving yourself. You deserve to be taken care of with love and compassion and care, but maybe most importantly, with someone who has a correct sense of what you actually need and what is a want that should be added on top when it works. Those are my feelings on that matter. Hope they don't anger or offend you. But if they did, you might want to consider what that means, because it might mean that I've touched on something that you're defensive about because you're living in a way that's convenient for you, but isn't actually effective. I hope that this makes sense. Take care. I'll see you next time.